For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. This is part 10 of the series. So now Paul asks a question in Galatians chapter 3, verse 21. And the question that he asks is this, is the Torah against the promises of God? Because traditional Christianity in trying to explain Galatians, they say that you either believe in Yeshua and have faith in him or you follow the Torah. In other words, they frame it that following the Torah is opposed to the promises of God that we receive through Abraham's example to us by Yeshua HaMashiach and his redemptive work when he died on the tree. So Paul answers the question, is the Torah against the promises of God? And he says, God forbid. The Torah is not against the promises of God. And Paul explains that following the Torah is not sin. Romans chapter 3 verse 20, for by the Torah is the knowledge of sin. And then he says in Romans Romans chapter 7 verse 7. What shall we say? Is the Torah sin? Well, traditional Christianity takes the teachings of Paul and they like to quote from Romans. They like to quote from Galatians and they say, if you believe in Yeshua as the Messiah and you try to follow the Torah, then you're following after bondage. And the Bible says that bondage is sin. And so they're in effect saying that if you believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, if you've been saved by grace through faith, and then you try to follow the Torah, that you're following after bondage. And then they're trying to say that following the Torah is sin. So Paul asks the question in Romans chapter 7 verse 7, is the Torah sin? And he answers, God forbid, the Torah is not sin. Following the Torah is not sin. And then he says, I would not known what is sin except for the Torah who gave me the standard. And I would not known what lust is except the Torah gave me the standard of you shall not covet. And so is the Torah sin? God forbid. What is sin. 1 John chapter 3 verse 4. Whoever commits sin transgresses the Torah. Sin is the transgression of the Torah. Is following the Torah, is doing what the Torah says sin? No. Doing what the Torah says is obedience. Doing what the Torah says is holiness. Not following the Torah is sin. Not following the Torah
Torah brings about the curse of the Torah. The nation of Israel, as the Torah teaches, was saved by grace through faith. Exodus chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, Pharaoh will let you go. And I will give this people favor. And the word favor in the King James is the Hebrew word chain. It's the Strong's number 2580 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, which in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8 is translated as grace, where it says, and Noah found chain. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So I will give this people grace in the sight of the Egyptians, and it will come to pass that when you go, you will not go empty. So the grace of the God of Israel was present to save, redeem, and deliver his people out of Egypt. But was grace alone good enough? No, it also required faith. And they had to believe and do what God had said. That's faith. And so what was the instruction? You had to take a lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 and verse 7. So the Torah teaches that the children of Israel were saved by grace through faith. So that's what Paul is teaching in Romans. That's what Paul is teaching in Galatians. We're saved by grace through faith. He's teaching what the Torah says. He's properly teaching the Torah in Romans and in Galatians. And then we see from the Torah blueprint that after the children of Israel were saved by grace through faith, then they came to Mount Sinai and as a covenant people, they were given instruction, the Torah, about how they were to live their lives on a daily basis, given that they had already been saved by grace through faith. And so this is then what Paul teaches in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And then Paul asks the question in Romans in chapter 3, verse 31. Do we, and we is Jew and non-Jew, do we make void, that means to do away with, the Torah, following the Torah through faith, because we've been saved by grace through faith. Traditional Christianity takes Paul's writings, particularly in Romans and Galatians, and then they say that Paul taught that because we're saved by grace through faith in Yeshua that we're not supposed to follow the Torah. So Paul asked that question, do we make void the Torah through faith? And he answers it, God forbid we, Jew and non-Jew, we establish or we follow the Torah after we're saved by grace through faith. That is because the Torah is the inheritance of the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 4. Moses commanded us a Torah, even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. So Torah is the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. So the Torah is the inheritance of being saved by grace through faith. Exodus chapter 3 verse 12. And he said, certainly I will be with you and this will be a sign, a token unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God upon the mountain. So the people were saved by grace through faith and then they were to receive their inheritance, receive their reward for being saved by grace through faith. And what was that inheritance? to follow Yeshua's Torah. And so that inheritance was given to the congregation of Jacob.
Egypt. And so who received the Torah at Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19, verse 3? It was the house of Jacob. And at Mount Sinai, Yeshua gave that Torah. And also there was a marriage that took place at Mount Sinai. And Yeshua not only gave the Torah, but he is the bridegroom as well. So we can see how there was a marriage that took place at Mount Sinai between Yeshua the lawgiver and the bridegroom and the congregation of Jacob from Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2 as it is written go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem saying thus says the Lord I remember you the kindness of your youth the love of your espousal when you went after me in the wilderness in a land not sown espousal in the wilderness espousal also means betrothal and it is the Hebrew word Kalula, the Strong's number 3623 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And within the word Kalula is the Hebrew word for bride, which is Kala. And so we see that a bride, Kala, gets betrothed, Kalula. And so if there was a marriage, there needed to be a marriage offer. Who is the marriage offer made to? It was made to the house of Jacob, the congregation of Jacob. Exodus chapter 19 verse 3, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. And so what was a part of the proposal? What was being offered to the house of Jacob or the congregation of Jacob? Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant. Obeying his voice and keeping his covenant is if you'll follow my Torah. So after the children of Israel were saved by grace through faith, this Torah is being offered to them as their inheritance or their reward for being saved by grace through faith. And if they will be faithful to it, then the promise is you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And so was the offer received by the house of Jacob? The answer is yes. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 8, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And so then the Torah is seen as the ketubah, the ketubah being the marriage contract or it sets forth the terms and the conditions of the marriage. So the Torah then is the wedding gift or the Torah is the inheritance given to the house of Jacob or the congregation of Jacob. And so this is why and how Paul then taught in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, you're saved by grace through faith. And in Romans chapter 3 verse 28 we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the Torah and after we're saved by grace through faith Romans chapter 3 verse 31 we establish the Torah and next continuing on in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24 Paul writes the Torah is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Messiah that we might be justified by faith so traditional Christianity they read and they interpret this of all oh, this was just something that kind of God has started but now since we're farther along we don't need it anymore and so what does it mean the Torah is our school master well you have to understand the Hebrew language and you have to understand the Hebrew root words that are associated with the Hebrew word for faith, which is emunah. And so the root of emunah is aman. And in the Hebrew language, the root words in their children have 
have an associated meaning with each other. And so aman is the root of emunah, the Hebrew word for faith. And Paul has been teaching all about faith from the Torah here in the book of Galatians. So now he talks about the Torah being a schoolmaster or a tutor. And I'm going to share with you the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 3, page 356 where it says, this is what God said to Israel. Prior to my creation of the world, I prepared the Torah. For it says, and now this is a quote from Proverbs chapter 8, verse 30. Then I was by him a nursling. And so this is what it says in the King James. This is Proverbs in chapter 8 and verse 30. Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And so from this verse, and here this could be translated as nursling, but the Hebrew word is amon. What is the meaning of the Hebrew word amon? It means a tutor. And so the Torah is our tutor. And what is the goal or the purpose of the tutor? It's to bring us to the Messiah. And this is what Paul explained in Romans chapter 10, verse 4, where it says in the King James, Messiah is the end of the Torah. It gives the impression to the casual reader that Messiah is doing away from following the Torah. And that's why often Christianity frames Paul's teachings as you either believe in Yeshua or you follow the Torah. But the word translated as end is the Strong's number 5056 in the Strong's Greek dictionary. It's the Greek word telos, which means goal, aim, or target. So what Paul was saying is Messiah is the goal or the aim or the target of which the Torah is pointing you to. So then when you realize that the Torah was given as a covenant, and if you break any part of the covenant, you've broken the whole covenant, and the penalty for breaking the covenant is you are now going to receive the curse of the covenant for breaking the covenant. Now that is a tutor to bring you to the Messiah, because then you're going to realize and being tutored in understanding the Torah that I cannot establish my own righteousness, that based upon my own righteousness, I'm under a curse. And so the Torah then, as a tutor, is going to point me to the Messiah, and that I need a Savior, I need to deliver, because I cannot save myself. And then Paul goes on to explain that once you receive Messiah, then you have to be immersed in the Messiah. You make him your life. You're immersed in him. Just as you go underneath the water to be immersed, when you go underneath the water, your whole being is under that water. And so in the same way, you to immerse yourself into Messiah and following the Messiah. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, for as many as you as have been immersed into Messiah. So now we're going to take what Paul was trying to explain in Galatians in chapter 3, verse 27, about being immersed in the Messiah, because he uses this phrase being immersed in Messiah as a spiritual analogy in Romans in chapter 6. And so now in Romans in chapter 6 in verse 3, 
he's going to use a spiritual analogy and he's going to be associating following Yeshua, being immersed in Yeshua, is following in his footsteps. So in following after Yeshua's footsteps and doing the will of his father, Yeshua had to be mocked and he had to be ashamed and he was ridiculed and uh, he also was falsely accused and that resulted in his death. Now, his physical death is a spiritual picture to us that when we come to Messiah, when we seek to do the will of God, which is what him dying on the cross spiritually represented, that we're to die to our flesh. We're to die to our own will, our own desires, and we are to seek to do the will of the God of Israel in our lives. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Know you not that so many of us as were immersed immersed in the Messiah, were immersed into his death. And so in using the spiritual analogy of how I live my faith in Yeshua, he says, if we are immersed into his death, then we are resurrected with him. Romans chapter six, verse four. Therefore, we are buried with him by immersion into death, that like as Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we. It's a spiritual analogy. So what Paul is teaching in Romans is what he's teaching in Galatians, that if you've accepted Yeshua as your Savior and Lord, you're supposed to live your life unto Him and follow after His example. And if you live your life after Him and follow after His example, you are immersed in Him. Now, if you're immersed in Messiah, then you're not going to be following the works of the law. You're not going to be following the teachings of the rabbis and how they're instructing you to follow the Torah. That following the teachings of the rabbis and how you're to follow the Torah is in conflict with being immersed in Messiah and following after Messiah's example with the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So if we've been immersed in Messiah, then spiritually speaking, we're going to be resurrected with him. How do we come spiritually resurrected in him? It happens when we seek to follow him, obey him, and do his will, and we will be rewarded for our obedience in him, and that reward is to be raised to glory as we give glory to Yeshua and bring glory to his kingdom, then even as Yeshua humbled himself and did the will of God, that's how he was raised to glory. When we humble ourselves and do the will of God, that's how we receive the blessings of God. That's how we're raised to glory. So Romans chapter 6 verse 4, therefore we are buried with him by immersion unto his death. That means we crucify our flesh. That like as, it's an analogy, like as Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of God, even so we, as we live our lives on a daily basis, we should walk in newness of life. What does that newness of life look like? that we receive salvation by grace through faith and we follow his Torah by his spirit. So in the spiritual analogy, if we are resurrected with Messiah, then we walk in newness of life 
and the Spirit is alive to follow Yeshua's Torah and to live our lives in holiness. Romans chapter 6 verse 4, even so we should walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 8 verse 10, if Messiah be in you, the body is dead because of sin. That's what he's trying to explain in Romans chapter 6, that we're buried with him in baptism, that our body is dead to sin, that we don't serve sin. We don't do what the flesh wants to do. We're not carnally minded. And that if you are carnally minded, then as he explained in Romans chapter 8, that you are not subject to the Torah of God, one who is carnally minded. You don't follow the Torah. But in Messiah, if we walk out Messiah in the Spirit, now our body is going to become dead to sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So in Yeshua, by His Spirit, following the Torah by His Spirit, we are to live a righteous life. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead... And so now he's equating the spiritual analogy of Yeshua's resurrection from the dead, that we're to live our lives on a daily basis in newness of life. And so we yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And what does that look like? That your members, or we live our lives as instruments of righteousness. And so how do we live our lives as instruments of righteousness? Romans chapter 6, verse 18. Being free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. And what happens? happens when you're a servant of righteousness? Romans chapter 6 verse 19. Even so now, yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. And what is holiness? It's not sinning. What is sinning? Transgressing the Torah. What is holiness? following the Torah, in our own ability, in our own understanding, according to the works of the law, according to our own strength? No. We follow Yeshua's Torah by His Spirit, and Yeshua said that following Him, that His yoke is easy and light. Following His Torah is easy and light. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. So, holiness is following the Torah. Numbers chapter 15, verse 40, that we may remember to do all his commandments and be holy unto your God. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 9. The Lord shall establish you as a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto you if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and to walk in his ways. That's because the God of Israel commands of his people holiness. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 45. For I am the Lord that brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So the Torah teaches that the people of the God of Israel are to be holy. So Paul is teaching in Romans, Paul is teaching in Galatians, that in being a follower and a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah, by following his Torah by his Spirit, you will be holy before the Lord your God. Psalm chapter 29, verse 2, Give unto the Lord the glory due his name, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And now Paul continues in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, but as many of you that have been immersed in the Messiah. Now when you are immersed, you go into the water and you're completely covered. So I am to saturate my life 
with the thoughts and the desire to be obedient to Yeshua, to love his commandments, to follow after him, to walk in his ways. That's to be immersed in the Messiah. So Paul says all those that have been immersed in the Messiah, they put on Messiah. So putting on Messiah is putting off the world and putting on holiness, which is putting on following his Torah by his spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and verse 24, that you put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, the old man, the one that walks in the flesh, the one that's worldly, the one that does his own will, the one that doesn't follow the Torah, the one that sins. But instead, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, you put on the new man, newness of life, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness because the birth of the new man is by the Spirit of God. So when you put on Messiah, when you're immersed in the Messiah, you don't live a sinful life. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Put on the Lord Yeshua and don't make provision for the flesh. So if I put on Messiah and I don't live a sinful life. Well, that's going to conclude part 10 of the series on the subject Galatians for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebrews.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.